Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to NS9 Post Game Show on Pittsburgh Baseball Now. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we got Jim Rosati. With us, we have another Pirates L also. So welcome to the show, Pirates L. How are we all doing today? Um, well, the uh, yeah, the Pirates L has been a frequent guest as of late, hasn't it? <laughs> it's been here a lot more than you have. I'll say that. Right, exactly. No, today was not a uh, it was not a fun game. First inning, you know, started great, and then the Pirates went on to go one for their next twenty five. That's good, right? It's like golf. The, the yeah, it's the just better. like golf. Yeah, just like yeah. golf. Yeah. What a piss poor performance. That's all. I mean, this just everywhere. But as the twenty twenty two Pirates are, I mean. Not to the full degree, but you know, like Tyler and I even joked about like how whatever like that one game encompassed the 2022 Pirates. Like, they, the ninth inning, and they, they start coming back. They score runs, there's hits, you know, when it doesn't matter. But just, I mean, with the pitching, with the offense, especially the offense, always the offense, the number five hole in the offense. We can just go up and down this whole entire roster again, just talk about this game. But let's let's start with this. I mean, there was there was some hope. There was some positivity. It was Romanzi Day. He's coming back from the minors. The service time manipulation has ended. So, again, you got to see Romanzi, but was definitely not his best start. Um, no, it wasn't his worst start either. Uh, I got the stuff was good. The command was a little off. Um, I thought his slider, like he went to that a little bit more throughout the game. It played well, especially against righties. Uh, got a lot of swings and misses on it. Got, you know, better placement on it kind of as the game went on. Um, but but I think it was, you know, Jim Stam. Um, you know, if you don't follow him on Twitter and, and, and listen to his podcast, he, he mentioned today, you know, like, Ronzi Contreras, I've used this comparison before about pizza, right? Like bad pizza. Still, it's that's pizza. wrong. So, like, first, it's not wrong. Even, no, no, no. You're and wrong. I didn't like it. No, All no. gyms are terrible. You're wrong. You're wrong. No. Like bad Bullshit. pizza is still pizza. And it's like, it's still pretty good. So, Ronzi Contreras no. is like no. pizza. In that, even when he's bad, he's still good. It's this a is fact. farce. I, no, no, I'm. I'm t- listen, we got better things to discuss in this Pirates game, and it's this terrible take by both gyms. There's no, absolutely no. bad pizza, and it was displayed Perfect at the Altoona take. game when they had an Altoona Hold pizza on. off. Whatever you want to that, talk, how it was. That's, Altoona pizza no. is not pizza. That's not pizza. No, it's pizza. It's pizza. It's like no, it's like Chicago deep dish pizza. Like it's not pizza. That's it's pizza. Own thing. No, it's not. Bad pizza it's is bad thing. pizza. Call it what it is. 
That's like saying no, bad, bad baseball is still baseball. Still, you watch the Pirates this year? Bad pizza is bad pizza, but it's still pizza. Therefore, it's really not that bad. We're moving forward because you're absolutely wrong. But what were we even talking about? <laughs> Rosie, oh, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, but he was he was able to get through six innings, um, kept the team in the ball ballgame. Uh, I thought he looked a lot better, like, kind of towards the end of his outing, right? I mean, his last four innings gave up just one run. You know, that second inning, he certainly struggled with the command. He struggled. You know, he got hit pretty hard in that inning. There was some unluckiness in there, too, with, you know, beating the shifts and such. But, no, I thought overall, like, yeah, this wasn't a great outing from Contreras. It was also his first major league start, though, in over a month. Um, True. Yeah, I mean, I think this is is a, a fine first game back from Contreras. I mean, obviously, you want to see him get better as the season um, ends here, but I thought he was fine. I mean, I'm a little more pessimistic on that. He was fine part. Like I get what you're saying, you know, and I'm not going to out here say like, this is terrible. And Ronzi stinks. Anything like that. Yes, you're right. And put that in perspective. First off, his first major league start and how long. And then this is like, you know, he's building up one inning, two innings, three innings. Right. So, Come back to the majors, like you give him maybe a little bit of a pass in that sense, and, and right, like it wasn't all doom and gloom, but it wasn't good. I mean, again, like he just, and that, especially that second inning, like you mentioned, the first inning got outs, looked like it was pretty efficient, pretty quick, good game from Rowanzi, but then the second inning was like the complete opposite. And, and also to your point too, there was a lot of unlucky hits involved. I, I do get it, but he was getting hit pretty hard. He had no command. I mean, just walking people, it just it wasn't good. It's not what I wanted to see, but this doesn't like discourage me from Rowan Z. I get that. Yeah. I mean, it was, like I said, I thought he was fine. He had the one rough inning. Other than that, he looked good. He was able to overcome some command issues and put together a semi-decent outing, which, again, I mean, the command's not always going to be like that. It's going to get better. I think the more that he pitches – so yeah, I'm not, I'm not concerned. I think it's, uh, I think it was fine for a start, first start back in a month plus. I can leave it at that. I can respect that. All right, all right. So we got plenty more we could talk about. Where, where do we want to go after that? Just down. Do you want to go down the pitching line? Places. No, who cares about okay. the rest of the bullpen? Like I don't care about Dwayne Underwood Jr. Eric Stout or Johan Ramirez. Don't care. It was awful. The 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 40 seconds that we're gonna spend just saying their names is all that we need to do. Okay. Good enough for me. Especially especially Stout and Ramirez. I, I just especially all again. of them. I, I just want to say one thing again. Like Underwood did the job. And then, of course, as Shelton always does, he had to come back out for a second outing, and he's doing another one. Like, yeah. just you, keep him for one inning, please. You can't just let your pitcher throw one inning of relief, Donardo. You need to stretch them out, and until they get themselves into trouble, that's when you take them out. 
you can't just let somebody have a successful inning of relief. Like, I don't know what you're thinking, thinking <laughs> that, that that's a thing that you can even do. No, right. no, you, you pitch your relief pitchers as long as they'll allow you to. That's the strategy. Makes sense. Understood. So strategy completed. Bullpen was, was pretty bad. I guess we'll move on to what you wanted to talk about there. Uh, let's talk about the pathetic lineup, and let's talk about why in the hell is a guy named Kevin Padlo on this baseball team? Pavlov? Yeah. What's he Don't doing know. here? Uh, well, doing what? One, what's he doing here? Two, why is he starting two out of his two games that he's been here? Three, why is he batting fifth? while he's here and four why didn't we pinch hit for him in the ninth inning with all with runners on base in what could have like actually been a big situation to make a make this a, a game so here's the thing about everything that you just asked right they require rational answers and i can't provide that because i don't know because everything about him is everything we've been graping about with Josh Van Meter and I mean that, the line of all the players. But we can still talk about Josh Van Meter because Josh Van Meter is still part of this team. And not only do we have Josh Van Meter on the team, but we have this Kevin Pavlov on the team as well. And like you mentioned, he was deemed, I mean, before he even had his first start, he was told he's going to have a second start. How? What has he proven that he was guaranteed two starts right off the bat getting caught up by Sean? So I'm with you there. I don't understand, for one, what he's done to earn this. For two, why he's batting fifth, no idea. But I, but I guess to his credit, the lineup's pathetic. So like it, it doesn't really matter. In the instance of this, okay, if it wasn't him, is it Castro? Is it Allen? Is it is it Madris? Yeah. Is it like is literally? It any of them. But, yeah. but what I'm getting at is Castro could make sense, though it's a righty and he doesn't really crush righties. But I mean, it's not as if like I'm not fighting for Greg Allen to be fifth. I'm not fighting for Madrid to be fifth. I'm not fighting for Delay to be fifth. It was a lefty. Oh yeah, you're right. I'm thinking the switch at the end. I'm thinking about the pinch at the end. Yeah, yeah you're right. It was a lefty. Um, okay, so so there's your one answer. Castro should have been batting fifth. But to, again, for the, what little bit of credit, which he has zero of, right? But what little bit of credit for Pablo is there's not really anything else afterwards that you're fighting to bet fifth. The lineup's terrible. But again, he hasn't earned it. I do would you know rather what, have delayed. Do you, know what Pad, <laughs> do you know what Pablo's weighted runs created plus is currently after today's game? Just guess. Don't look it up. Just take a wild guess. Did I lose you? Did you? I think I, I'm just hear not me? hearing you. Yeah. Okay. Guess what Padlow's weighted runs created plus is. Can you not hear me? Now I do. I, I did now. <laughs> What's going on? I don't, I don't know. know. Just continue talking. What's Padlow's weighted runs created plus? Guess. Without looking. You're not hearing me, are you? Are you not hearing what I'm saying? I, I literally just want to say one thing, Jim. I don't know what you're saying. I can't hear you. I have no idea what's going on right now. 
This is the craziest thing in the world. Um. Okay. Just well, talk. you can't hear I'll be me. Back. But it's it's negative one. You can't hear this. You don't know what I'm saying at all. <laughs> but you know what? The communication probably that we're having is better than Kevin Padlo being in the number five spot. Now Denardo's gone. So I don't know what happened to him. But no, like I, I don't know why this guy's on the team. I don't know why he's getting starts. I don't know why he's batting fifth. I don't know why he's batting in that ninth inning situation. Like that would have been a perfect situation to bring in O'Neill Cruz to pinch hit off of a righty. Heck, I mean, I I thought they were going to bring in Van Meter. Honestly, like that's that that would have been better than Kevin Padlo. Can you? Hear so me? I'm assuming I've, I understand your entire conversation based on the last sentence, and, and I'm with you. I have no idea why he wasn't pinch hit for. You said even Van Meter. I mean, even yeah. Van Meter has been a more productive player so far. And even like, and if you want to even compare like minor league numbers, because that's really all you have on Padlo, like he's at least better in the minor leagues. Like, it's, it's again not saying much, but I have more faith in Josh Van Meter. That's where we're at than Padlo. But you had O'Neill Cruz on the bench. Like, why? That's the one guy, like one swing can change the game. And I understand he's playing pathetic right now. He honestly is. But you know who else is? The guy that you chose to, to hit. Like he provides zero absolute chance. Give me the 2% chance. And the guy who actually hit the ball over the fence. No, I need this guy DFA tomorrow. Like I don't, want, to. I don't want him on this team anymore. I don't want him on the team anymore. I don't want Greg Allen on the team anymore. I don't want Bly Madris on the team anymore. I don't want Josh Van Meter on the team anymore. Like, it's not like they don't have other people that they could call up either. Like, Diego Castillo is in AAA. Call him up. I want to see him more than I want to see Kevin Padlow and Josh Van Meter. Um, Travis Swaggerty is in AAA. I want to see him more than Greg Allen. Jack Swinski, I want to see him more than Bly Madris. Like, these guys aren't it. None of them are. And they just keep getting playing time. Like, just stop it. I don't want to see him anymore. There's nothing I can argue with. None of these players. The one thing about Bly Madris, and I think I, I, I might say this to Tyler afterwards, or maybe he's joining the show, but just to reiterate it. Like, the one thing about Madris, and I know you agree with this, you know, like, none of us really think he's going to amount to much of anything other than probably organizational depth. But it was giving him what he earned. Like, he played well in AAA. And when you have guys like Yoshi and Josh Van Meter and this clump, this cluster of nothingness, this hodgepodge of nothingness, right? Like, he That's earned the right to, to get the call. But he's doing what I think a lot of us expected, and he's not performing. So I'm, I'm with you. Like, I'm ready to move on from him. Josh Vammy, you're absolutely like all those guys, you're absolutely correct. Like they shouldn't be here. They're not major leaguers. They don't belong on a major league club. That's why Josh Manor, Josh Van Meter was cut from a major league club. That's why Seattle was ready to move on and go to his third team with Padlo. Like these aren't major leaguers. And I'm not here touting that the Pirates have this elite farm system 
that's in AAA, pounding on the door, ready to come up. But my biggest point is you have a major offseason coming with a lot of guys that you need to make a lot of decisions on. So why are you bottlenecking everything with Josh Van Meter when you can be evaluating this talent? When you can get, I mean, I understand Castro has been in the majors. Swinski has been. But like Castro just now finally getting back up here. Like, like why is Swagger not getting a fair chance? He was on, like, he's cooled off a bit. He's still performing. He's not as hot as he was like a month ago, but he's still performing. Like, when are you going to get these guys up here and get a true taste? And that's the thing about Swins or Swinsky with Swaggery, too. Like, his call up was pathetic. He had nine like, plate appearances. He, he had that week and he, he sat. He's he, Travis Swaggerty, who's an ex first round draft pick in this organization, like, has pedigree, somebody that like, you're invested into. They gave him nine plate appearances. Yet they're giving Kev, Kevin, whatever his name is, Padlow has nine plate appearances, eight plate appearances, or whatever. And Already. he's Kevin Padlow. He's not right. Travis Swaggerty. Like, right. What are we doing? That's, I don't know. Like, that's the thing. That's what's so frustrating. And, you know, I know you spent some time last night. I did as well, a little bit today, even. I mean, just talk about the actually comment, like the comparison between the Pirates and the Royals. It's true. Like, at least the Royals, like, we know they're bad. And that's what I was saying today. Listen, I understand. Like, I didn't have any different expectations. This team would be bad if Castro was playing this entire time and Josh Mayer wasn't. You know what I mean? And, and vice versa. Like, this team would still be bad. But at least something's being accomplished. At least you're evaluating talent that can be here. It's not just being wasted away by guys that have absolutely zero future of this ball club. Why is Palo here? Why is Josh Vermeer here? I don't know. Get Swaggerty up here. Get some of these guys up here. And, and the, th the thing, too, is if you want to talk about all the rookies, you can't have a team full of rookies. Like, I get that, too. I'm a firm believer in you veteran presence. Like, you need some guys that win and, that, and go back to the Royals. What have they done? Like, they trade for Benintendi. Came from a winning organization. They got Michael Taylor. Winning organization. Carlos Santana. He's a winner. You know what I mean? They they locked up um, Salvi from their their own World Series, like coming over, like their own. You know what I mean? Like they have a presence around of true veterans, and when you have these rookies coming up, they got people they can learn from and look to. Don't tell me Josh Vameter can provide that. Like is O'Neill Cruz learning from Josh Vameter? So that's the thing too. It's not as if these guys are providing any type of value. Not performance, not the intangibles. So it's just a complete black hole. So I understand you can't win with all rookies, but these guys aren't providing anything. So get some actual true evaluation done because you got about 78 guys on, on the Rule 5 draft next year. Yeah. So find some things out. Well, I mean, like you said, you need to find out like what you need to. This is the year if, if you're going to just tank and suck. You need to find out if these guys who are on the edge, if you need to keep them or you just push them off the edge of the, the cliff, right? And let them, let them go. Like we need to find out if Travis Swaggerty is going to be a future part of this organization. We need to find out if G1 Bay is going to be an option next year. We need to find out if 
Diego Castillo, we've seen a lot of him. I think we, we kind of have an idea of who he is. But at the same time, like, let's see more of Diego Castillo because he has at least a chance of being a part of this team's future. Whereas these other guys, they're not. Like, they're just here playing games and being really shitty. So, like, just get off of the team. We have other guys in AAA who we need to figure out who they are. Let them be shitty. Like, if they're shitty, okay, cool. At least we learned something, right? Like, we're not learning anything seeing Kevin Padlow and Greg Allen get at-bats every day. And not only are we not learning anything, and when I say we, I, like, also represent the Pirates front office when I say that. Right, exactly. yeah. Because <laughs> we might as well be that. Um, but, like, what I'm also saying, too, is how about them getting that experience? that would be right. pretty big for Travis Swaggerty now to maybe gain some of that MLB experience to finish off the season to head into the next year when he might probably be a big part of this. Like, why not get that taste now? Why not get all of that out this year, right? When you want to talk about, well, we had 100-some plate appearances that were terrible. Good, that, that happened now. He got that taste. He can learn now in the offseason develop and move forward. And when he makes that true contribution next year, Maybe it's not going to be all so terrible. <laughs> you know, like getting these players some of that experience is what I find to be pretty important also. Yeah, I mean, right now that's – I mean, because the goal isn't winning games right now. You know, the goal right now is to let's see what we have with these guys. And every day you trot out Josh Van Meter, Kevin Padlow, Greg Allen. I mean, even like Ben Gamble to an extent, like – he. Let, let's be real, like Ben Gamble at least is deserving of being on this roster. But at the same time, like playing Ben Gamble right now doesn't do the Pirates any good. I disagree. The only reason I do is he, he's like the one true veteran that, like, that actually is no, worth I, a I, damn. I get it. I get it. And like I'm fine and with, with Gamble Ben Gamble. This offense here. is even that much more pathetic. But like from a from a future talent evaluation standpoint gamble's just a guy in the lineup right now that is at least competent but has no future with this team no that i agree with that that's that's fair but i do think he has value today and being in that lineup i guess he has a little bit of value in that you know it makes it a little less excruciating to watch the pirates having a somewhat competent major leaguer in their lineup. I mean, if he's not in there, I mean, I understand I was a lefty. Chavis is there, so yeah. he's definitely good in that situation. But Reynolds and Chavis, like, then what? <laughs> that's that's it. You know? Again, I, I don't have any, no no major issues with, with Ben Gamble. But the rest, absolutely. <sighs> Kornberg. Do either of you all think there is an actual plan to all this? Like they have solid five-year plans. I don't know. I think that's my, again, that's my issue. I think, I mean, I think they have a plan. <coughs> Excuse me. They're not doing a very good job of articulating what it is. They, like they, their plan right now kind of seems to be let's accumulate as much talent as possible. Hold on. Don't you lie to me. You said the word talent. Let's let's yeah. rethink that. 
Let's reimagine prospect or word choice. <laughs> prospect talent. So okay, let's acquire. I would allow things. Amount of minor league baseball players that we possibly can that are semi interesting. There we go. And hope that our developmental system can allow these guys to become useful major league baseball players. I think that's their goal. And then obviously plug in the gaps later with free agents. Like I would imagine like once this team has its core in place, you start plugging holes. They did that in 2013, 14, 15, right? So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to see that do that again. It's just a matter of, you know, are they going to be able to do it this time around? And are they going to have a strong enough core in place so that they can just plug and play a few holes? I, I think, I th- yeah, I think they have a plan. I don't know if it's going to work just because I don't know how much impact talent they have in this organization. That's what bothers me. When we first started talking about this new regime and, and you know, the, the prospects, the biggest thing we talked about was impact. Like there wasn't that Andrew McCutcheon in here, right? There's, there's no superstar. Fast forward a few years later, right? You can say O'Neill Cruz could be that, but it's still potential. Yeah. And it's a, it's a risk still involved. I mean, that was, even back then, there's a, there's a high risk, high reward type of player, right? That's still there. But even after all the trades, all the top draft picks, this farm has gotten very, very deep, much deeper than it even was before. And that's clear as day. But it still lacks. And we keep seeing, you know, time and time when the new updates on the prospect lists come out and such, you know, like it still just lacks that true impact, like you're saying. You know, this team had Andrew McCutcheon. Then Starling came up. Like, you know, there's Neil Walker. There's a lot of really good pieces. And at this point in time, and again, it's, it's premature right now in all these prospects, but at this point in time, like, I'm just not seeing that. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think Quinn Priester can be a solid starting pitcher. Um, so, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I think, but, like, you need that to happen. Like, if it doesn't happen, then you've got a lot of work to do. Um, you know, you hope that Burroughs becomes a, a guy that you can rely on. I think you you know you really gotta count on Henry Davis, you know, kind of anchoring yes. your lineup and doing it from a catcher position. And then you really need like, I mean, you you need one of the middle infielders to to like really hit, and, and it doesn't have to be like it doesn't have to be all of them. Like one of Cruz, Pagaro, and Gonzalez has to be a dude like they have to be right right it doesn't matter who it is obviously i think if it it, you know if it's cruz then he provides the most that would be ideal (laughs) right he provides the most upside of all all of those guys right um but like one of those three middle infielders needs to be good like legit good like four war type of player right um and then you know, you need your other guys get like you need Kibrat Hayes. Just you need him to hit better. Brian Reynolds at this point, I don't think is a part of the team's next competitive ball club. And so that's like, the thing that's puzzling. Yeah, I, I don't know. And like you've got to ask yourself that question: 
Are you going to extend Brian Reynolds? If you are, then do it. But if you're not, you might he's as well already go been ahead. traded. You might as well already trade him, which sucks because I don't want to trade him. I want to extend him, but like if you if that's not what this team's going to do. But like even with that, my issue is even with extending him. Ultimately, you want to extend him. But whether you extend him or not, the goal still has to be winning sooner than later. Because great, you extend him. Are you going to wait till he's 30 to start competing? Like you've wasted all of his prime to do it. And if you're going to extend him just to do that, then don't worry about extending him. Trade him. Because what's the point of starting this on a decline? I'm not like I'm not trying to say this is the the route he's going, but uh, I mean we saw Andrew McCutcheon, we saw firsthand the guy he was traded for. Like you saw that. Do you want to start this at Andrew McCutcheon's age thirty year? No, no, that wouldn't be ideal. <laughs> so th- again, like that's why it's been so important, and I just feel like we've been talking and and hitting so hard on why it's important for this like rebuild not to take six years. You can't have this rebuild. You can't make this be the Royals one. You know why the Royals took so long? Because they went all in. They kept everybody. They They went for the World Series. (laughs) And they let them walk or age or, you know what I mean? Like, they didn't flip them and and keep going. Like, that was it. They had to start from ground zero. They had nothing. Charrington had players he was able to trade away to get prospects for to start this up. But he kept Reynolds and Hayes came up. You know what I mean? Like, so with in doing that, making that decision to keep Reynolds, you got a clock. You're, you can't press go when he's 30. That's counterproductive. Yeah. No, I mean, even you look at, I mean, even keep Brian Hayes. Like, how old, how old do you want keep Brian Hayes to be when this team's ready to compete? So like right. the more and more you just delay this and push it out, just the less and less Key Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds are going to have anything to do with this team being successful. Right. So this is a very good post-game show. <laughs> right. Yeah, we haven't talked about the game much. Well, the game sucked. I mean, the game it sucked. did. It did. I mean, literally, the Pirates got one hit between innings one and nine. So let's talk about the, the one hit that really mattered. So Brian Reynolds is really pissed off, really pissed off about the comments last night. He had some words about it. And then he hits, he blasts the home run today. So two hits on the day, big home run. We talked last night about this fired up. Like Brian Reynolds has seen more feisty in like every game I feel. So I don't know. Are we, are we seeing like the heel Brian Reynolds come out maybe now? That would be nice because like here's one thing we've talked about with this Pirates as far as like a personality. And again with Reynolds and Hayes, they're they're boring. They are. Let's call it for what it is. Like the post game when they had the interviews, the, this isn't right. Kutch. That <laughs> they're boring. No, he's, he's boring. Yeah. So like I would love to see like this heel turn like Brian Reynolds where like he's just pissed off at the world now. And just chipper. Yeah, I mean, I think that would be great. I don't know if he's ever going to really be that guy. Uh, he has had a really good August, so 
you know, not including going into today, he had an 890 OPS in August. So I'm sure that's over 900 now. Um, so it, it, it's nice to see him having a really good kind of long sustained period of success because we saw it in June, right? He had his like otherworldly oh, June. July, he cooled off quite a bit. Um, and then, was that August camp comes around? He's 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 had a he's had a pretty good August here. So, um, yeah, I, I want to be able to see him uh, finish the year strong because mm-hmm. this year's been a little weird for him. He's been a little up and down, inconsistent. Like he's still by far, he's by far been the best hitter, and he's been the best hitter on this team. Um, but it's most not- importantly, though, they had a child. That's over with. Yeah, kid's done, so he yes. doesn't have to worry about that anymore. Um, but as far as like his career path goes, you know, we, who's Brian Reynolds? Is, is Brian Reynolds an MVP candidate, Brian Reynolds, like he was last year? Or is Brian Reynolds just like a nice guy that you want to have on your team? Um, I, I think he's probably like in between, in between that. Uh, I think I – I think I looked it up the other day. He's got, he's the best hitting center fielder in the national league right now, mm-hmm. not counting Michael Harris. Cause he's not qualified, but um, so I, I think Reynolds can be a very valuable piece to this team and to other teams. But uh, yeah, I, I'd like to see him finish the, the season strong. So but he's definitely somebody to kind of focus in on for the rest of this year. Let me ask you this. Just real quick, we don't have to go too deep into it. Um, but I do bring it up because you did say he's the best center field hitter, minus Harris, of course. Mm. Do you think Brian Reynolds is a center fielder? Talk about who the Brian Reynolds is. I mean, last year he actually was very productive defensively in center field, mm. and I think this year we're finding to be quite the opposite. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those deals where like he's capable of playing the position. And I don't think he's like defensive metrics. I don't really like trust hundred percent. Like you got to kind of look at a lot of them to figure out, okay, is this right? Is this wrong? And, and a lot of it, you know, when it comes to defense is still based off of just like what you see out there. Right. Brian Reynolds hasn't looked as good in center field this year as he has in years past. Um, you saw it last night, <laughs> but like he doesn't, he doesn't look like he's not capable of playing the position, right? Like, it's not like you see Brian Reynolds in center field and you're like, this dude isn't a center fielder. Like, that's not a thought that goes through your mind every day. That's fair. So I, I think he's capable of doing it in a perfect world. Yeah, he's probably not a center fielder. You know, you probably have somebody out there who is faster and has a better arm, right? But I think he's perfectly capable of playing the position. Okay. Just wanted your... uh your input on that. All right. So yeah, Brian Reynolds had a good game. He had that home run. And uh folks, that's your that's your offense. <laughs> no. I'll Basically the- again, the end of the game, we did see a bit of a comeback. Michael Chavis had a big hit. They did yeah. score a run and Padlow came up and one thing, up. um one one just observation I made you know, during today's game, Castro, I thought played a really good second base. He had a lot of yeah. opportunities, a lot of balls that were hit pretty hard his way. 
and he did a really good job on all of them. There was a there was a double play in particular where uh, I think he you know he he fielded it touch second like did the, it was a four three double play. So mm-hmm. he looked really good and really comfortable at second base, which is just nice to see because we saw him at shortstop earlier this year, and like that wasn't it. Like, he's not a shortstop, uh, but he looked very comfortable playing second base today and made a lot of really good plays. One thing I want to say about that too. Dude's got an arm as well. He does. Zach like, Cannon. Yeah. You know, we, we salivate over O'Neill Cruz and, and that throw, right? But the play where Greg Allen threw it into second when uh, Alex Verdugo got that hit, right? And he thought it was going to be a double. And yep. good play by Greg Allen, right? Mm-hmm. But like when he, when Castro got that second and threw it the first, I had to like, you know, wipe the glasses meme. Like, was that O'Neill Cruz? Because that's yeah. what, I mean, it looked like it to me. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, we're just saying like he played a much better second base than you saw him play short. Um, we saw the arm actually a few nights ago at third from him as well on that one play. And it's like we're talking about middle you know, infielders and combination such. And it's like the, the arm that Cruz has, the defense that Hayes has, I mean, hell, if the arm Castro has as well. If that's going to be at second at some point in time. Like, whew. Yeah. We're seeing some plays. I mean, Castro is at least the one – guy where like he, he's come up and like he's not lighting the world on fire by any means offensively but he's at least been like a below average hitter so far like which is a lot better than all the other pirates rookies right right um so i and veterans and veterans like i want to see rodolfo castro in the lineup as much as possible going forward Absolutely. And like like the thing about it too is he's 23 years old. Like, I mean, this is where he belongs right now, but Mm -hmm. you don't need to put him in the triple A again or whatever. This is the perfect example we're talking about. Like he needs to be in the majors. You need to really evaluate him. You know, he came up, he was pretty young. He's, he, I know he's gotten his cup of coffee. You know, he's been in the majors here and there, but he needs to be here. Not Josh fan not Pablo. Like he needs to be here finish out the year, the uh, actual, I don't know how to word it, but like part of the, part of this team, not just here because there's, there's a spot until someone else comes back or whatever. He's the guy going forward. Um, And he, he's again, like you're saying, he's earning it. I know he makes some plays that we all kind of shrug and whatever, but then he does the opposite and makes some really nice plays. Mm -hmm. So, I'm interested. I'm intrigued by him. Let him let him play the rest of the year, and you got your evaluation from him. Yeah, and I mean, the, and like the power is is a very interesting part of his game, um, and and like the defense seems to be good. He he also like doesn't strike out a lot. He mm-hmm. gets on base. Like he walks a not a ton, but he walks more than than most of this team's walking right now. Um, like his on-base percentage is right around 300, which is, you know, like tops on the, on the, on the bit on the pirates right now. It's how bad we are. Um, so I, I think, uh, yeah, I want to see more of him. He's like right around, let me see. He's at, it's like 180 at bats for his career with six home runs. No, seven home runs. 
five on all the first five hits, <laughs> by the way. Right. right. So, but like, I mean, I and part of that just goes to show like what he's capable of. Like this is the stuff, <laughs> the story of Rodolfo Castro. I mean, his first five hits were all home runs. Like he has capabilities, he has tools. So let's let him just have the field. This is yours. Let's see what you got. Yeah. No, I mean, again, we talk about one of those, one of Cruz, Pagaro, and Gonzalez needs to like be a guy. You could you could throw Castro into that mix too, you know, between the four of them. Like I don't think Castro is gonna be like a a dude, right? But like Castro, what if Castro's your Neil Walker, you know, to Cruz being your McCutcheon, right? Like that's I don't know if I, I was, that's possible, but like I, I think what if Castro it was more of like a Jay Hay? That that too. That that's kind of look at it. Yeah, like Jay Hay, because I can find like not that Castro has the versatility of Jay Hay, but he's kind of yeah. like he's not your second baseman, but he's like your guy that yeah. second, he'll play short here and there, third. See, my thing though is like I think Castro can be a second baseman. Like I think he can be an everyday second baseman. Okay. Like I, I mean, that's his ceiling, right? Like I think that's like a, sure he, he has to hit that, but like I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet money on it. But I think he's capable of becoming a second baseman, and I think he's capable of becoming like a decent second baseman. Again, he's he's still real young. He's got power. He's got all the tools that you want to see like in a in a young guy. Um, it's just a matter of putting it together and and getting at bats down the stretch. Here is going to show us is this a guy or not right agree agree <clears throat> are we done <laughs> yeah we're done I think we're done yeah 42 minutes look at us after every terrible game we can just talk 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 but like right. I don't want to see Madris Allen Van Meter or Padlo anymore like get these guys off of this team like they are serving zero purpose right now. Agree. Totally agree. No rebuttal, Jim. So I guess with that, we'll end on that. We'll get out of here. So once again, everyone, thank you for watching. We will be back tomorrow. As always, I wait until like now to look at the pitching matchup again. Um, so yeah, Brubaker is going to get the start. He hasn't been good lately. Has not. And I just lost it. <laughs> I hit the back button. Brubaker versus Yavaldi. Uh, so there you have it. So we'll see you again tomorrow. Um, 7 to 5 start again. We'll see you tomorrow about the same time. Uh, that's another thing. These games have been going, going by pretty quickly. So mm -hmm. if there's any positive to the terrible games, they're quick. We're out. So hopefully tomorrow's quick as well. Um, but we'll see you then. So I thank you for watching. Have a good night. Bye-bye. See you guys.